welcome to this week's 39th episode of Let's Have a Breakdown with me, Ali Monjack. And me, Harry Acton. And Ali, hello, here we are again on another sunny Sunday. We are here on a sunny Sunday, definitely, without a doubt. So, how's your week been? It's been good, you know, it's been good. I've got, I've got a week of holiday coming up, so I'm excited to, well, spend some time in the sunshine, hopefully. <laughs> How about you? Um, yes, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got a very busy week ahead with um, business, shall we say. So, yes, that, mm. that, that's what's going on in my life. But, um, I mean, it, it's going along everywhere in the world at the moment isn't it i mean there's been a total cabinet reshuffle this week we from have, our prime we minister have. and mm. who was once the mm. uh liz truss is now the new foreign secretary who was the business secretary wasn't she mm. and of course there's been lots of foreign news this week hasn't it, ali especially a with this huge new huge amount the security mm, submarines <laughs> Need I say more? We'd be having this announcement. I know. I need you yeah. to say more. I mean, was anyone expecting this? I don't think anyone was expecting this. This whole—if you haven't heard this news, I'd be surprised if you haven't. But it is, of course, the security pact that the UK and the US have formed with Australia to give them nuclear capabilities for their submarines, not missiles, but nuclear nuclear engines, which is rather interesting, isn't it? It's quite an interesting development. It is uh, an interesting development, to be honest. You know, I mean. And it is all to do, you know, it's a, it seems like Australia is in the middle of all of this, you know, with its nuclear-powered submarines. Um, and obviously Britain and America are at the forefront of, well, protecting their armoury, shall we say. That's quite a good phrase, isn't it? But it, it, it has angered some people, especially our neighbours <clears throat> on the other side of the channel, the French, who did have a £30 billion deal um, to supply Australia with conventionally powered diesel electric vessels. So they've not been too happy this week. But, you know, Liz Trust, who you mentioned, has, has defended this hard-headed security pact, as she said, um, you know, saying it's, it's, uh, it's important, let's just say. It is important. I mean, yes, and I do. You could say it is. I mean, well, it's you know, there's it's all kicked off, isn't it? Really, with um, increasing Chinese military assertiveness as well. So you know, mm -hmm. it's within this region. So I mean, it, it it's really, and then of course you've got COP twenty six, which is coming up this year, and um, the Chinese are supposed to be. Um, representing themselves in Glasgow in Scotland. However, mm. it, it's a really sort of interesting subtext with uh, the submarines, <laughs> isn't yeah. it, really? It is. You're onto something there. I mean, you know, it was in an article in the, in the um, I think, the Sunday Telegraph of, of not of all places. It makes sense. The Sunday Telegraph's always been um, a champion of defence news, shall we say. Um, mm. You know, a mistrust said that the agreement was, as you as you mentioned, Ali, widely seen as a counter to increasing Chinese military assertiveness in the Indo-Pacific region. And she said Britain would always be a fierce champion of freedom and free enterprise around the world. 
but added these freedoms need to be defended so we're also building strong security ties around the world she wrote in this article it is rather interesting even though it did cause french president emmanuel macron to recall ambassadors to washington and canberra in a move that's been described as virtually unprecedented this week ali Mm, mm. such fun always it some is. political drama isn't there yes it, it would does sort of describe the uh, underlying tension doesn't it as well between uh, europe and the uk and america right now so um this is you know sort of been added into the mixing pot as it were but uh yeah i mean do we need submarines who knows <laughs> Well, this is the thing. We're not, of course, we're not qualified to comment on that, are we? But we can speculate as to why it happened. I mean, there's been a lot of chat on um, television. <clears throat> I've got a cough today. Oh, God, I've got a cough. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of chat on um, French television, shall we say. Um, and there has been some anger over there, and you, you can you can understand why. Um, but, you know, this, this partnership is... Um, well, it's described as by the French anyway, saying the UK is clearly trying to f- find its feet. Perhaps there was a lack of thought about the strategic future. Um, that was the French minister, Clément Bouin, I'm going to say. Probably got that wrong because my French is not great. Um, um, but then, of course, yeah. Boris Johnson in the Commons this week on Thursday defended the move, insisting the relations with France remained rock solid and described Paris as a close ally and friend of the UK. But he also stressed that this agreement would bring hundreds of highly skilled jobs to Britain, jobs which may well have otherwise gone to France. So you can kind of see why, can't you? Oh, yes. There might be some anger. Absolutely. No, you can. It's, um, well, I think, you know, that yes. I mean, it, it really is it's one of those things. I mean, you know, there's from HGV drivers to to everything else really isn't there it seems to be that you know people are fighting over jobs as it were at the moment potentially potentially Um, and you know and there's reports that the the pa news agency has said that um you know the french were were furious they'd lost the contract but only given a few hours notice of a new agreement which was expected ahead of a tough election year for mr macron um but of course you know boris has has, has said you know this is a good thing you know him joe biden and the um, australian prime minister who for the life of me his name has escaped me right now you know they had a joint press conference which was yeah. surprising to see over zoom of all things everybody's using zoom harry these days definitely so it's um isn't it Morris? I'm sure it is Morris, actually, Prime Minister. Could well be. Could well be. That yeah. just shows our knowledge of Australian politics. Doesn't come up very often, does it, in breakdown? But there you go. No. It's come up today. Um, and of course, you know, um, Mr. Johnson, our Prime Minister over here, has said the move was not intended as an adversarial move against China or any other power. No. We are just um, growing our ties in the region. I think we can surmise what he said. So it'll be interesting to see. There, of course, has been backlash as well from China, unsurprisingly. But it is um, it is an ongoing story, shall we say, one that I don't think anyone could have predicted. <laughs> no, and it, it appears that, you know, it stretches across four corners of the globe, doesn't it, really? Mm, it does, it does. And, and, you know, to give Beijing a, a word here, they swiftly denounce the initiative as extremely irresponsible and a threat to regional peace and stability. Mm. So, yeah, lots, lots to see on that. Probably bring it up in the next breakdown as well. But that is probably the biggest global story of the week, I would say. One that's not coronavirus related for once. There is a punchline somewhere, isn't there? Definitely, without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. But there we go. That is the the news this week, Ali, of this this new military pact, which again, 
that that came out of nowhere. <laughs> it, it did. Um, but yes, no, I mean, interestingly enough, as we've said, there has been a huge amount of um, movement within Mr. Johnson, Boris's cabinet. Um, and, you know, moving on to the business secretary and mm. obviously the problem that we have at the moment with gas supply. So apparently mm. there's no cause for immediate concern. But I do know there is obviously a spike in crises and also for the Now Media actually did an interview. We did an interview last week with Paul Hughes, an energy broker, and it was actually about that specific subject. So, mm. um, yes, there's going to be, um, you know, a rise in energy at the moment but there isn't actually a problem with gas uh, as such you know there is supplies there i mean there is a global demand but apparently it's actually because of wind and solar um energy that that's been down especially this year the wind farms have been hardly able to produce much energy at all yeah. because it just hasn't been you know, it's not been windy, Harry. Yeah, we've had a nice summer, haven't we, over here? So, mm. you know, and you're right, Ali. I mean, all of this lack of, of green energy, shall we say, has has caused a spike in the, the energy market. I mean, you yes. look back in 2020 and gas was at some of its lowest prices ever. Um, and, you know, we had, a, we had a surplus of energy almost. And this year we're in a place where... Um, we have enough gas, but as you rightly said, the price has skyrocketed to one of its highest prices ever, blamed on high global demand, maintenance issues, and as you said, lower solar and wind output. And the business secretary this week has been speaking to executives from energy suppliers and operators to discuss the extent of the impact of surging prices. Because as we know already, two energy suppliers have gone bust in recent yeah, days, have. one from Dorset and one up in Scotland. Mm. Um, and more are expected it's to go bust. Too. Yeah, they are, unfortunately. So, but you know, Ofgem have had to regulate this as well because energy prices have actually been quite low for quite some mm. time. Um, so there is global demand, obviously, but um, you know, and I mean, Russia and across Europe, you know, are dependent on the same reliable suppliers, really, aren't they? So we to do, do with we, fossil we... fuels. We use a lot of gas. I think gas makes up fifty percent of the the UK energy supply, which you know, as a as the government tries to move away from carbon based fuels, it's not the figures you want to hear. And of course, the government has said it is going to double down on green initiatives to try and um, you know make up not the shortfall of such, but to try and grow the homegrown renewable energy sector to reduce further reliance on fossil fuels in the UK. Again, you know, energy energy suppliers are saying you know rightly that they can't afford this and you know we, we often we often get mad at our energy suppliers don't we not over many reasons but as more go bust there's there's rumors that of the 70 something we've got now there might only be 12 or 15 left by the end of the year because everyone's locked into fixed price tariffs they can't put our prices up and one supplier was actually quoted saying the cheapest price on the market soon will be the energy price cap because they physically cannot, they can't charge more than that. So we are in a very interesting situation this time, Ali. It's not that we haven't got energy. It's just that we haven't got the money for the energy. <laughs> no, I know. It, it, it's all rather bizarre. But, you know, on the other side of it, just quickly mention that people should be thinking about being more energy efficient. 
Of course. No, absolutely. You're, you're right to say that. And, mm. you know, we, we can expect, sadly, for these these high prices that they will be sustained for the next three to four months. And it's going to be tricky to see what the government can do directly to address this issue. And, you know, of course, the opposition, Labour, you know, Ed Miliband, the shadow business secretary, someone who we've, who I feel like we've not heard from for years, probably since he was um, head of the Labour Party. Um, has criticised the government, saying it's a fundamental failure of long-term government planning over the last decade. So, lots of lots of debate on this. There's probably lots of consumers out there that don't quite know uh, what's happening. And the answer is, you, if your energy, energy supplier goes bust, you'll be transferred to a new one, new because one. That's, yeah. that's the rules. Um, and you'll be put on a tariff similar to your current one, but it cannot exceed the energy price caps. You will still be paying much less than your energy companies are paying for the energy anyway. Which is baffling when you think about it, but that's the situation we're in. Yeah, it is. It, it sounds almost, you know, ludicrous, doesn't it, really? But there you go. Yeah. It is what it is. It, there we go. For once, the energy energy supply market is working in consumers' favour. Who'd have thought we'd say that? But there you go. No, I mean, we didn't. That didn't. That's only just transpired recently, by the way. I mean, in the last few weeks, really, hasn't it? At first, it was like, oh my goodness, Ofgem are putting up the prices. Ah. It's going to be £139 or something more on average, you know. A year. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, don't, don't worry, folks. This is going to be fine, isn't it? We hope so. We'll have to see how many energy suppliers are left at the end of the year. It could be very interesting. But it is a story to watch. And as winter comes, of course, we can expect wind power to return. You'd have thought, wouldn't you? We are oh, known for our, our winter storms. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. That is, a, that is another interesting story today. Again, not coronavirus related. But if we were to move on to another UK story, which, of course, is transpiring around the world as well, Booster jabs are going to be, invitations for a booster jab are going to be sent out across England this week, Ali. A third dose for people over the age of 50. So Mm. I was actually, you know, as you know, at a lunch party today, Harry, and Mm. uh, they, you know, one of the the guests that I was talking to, um, yes, is expecting his um, vaccination call up within the next week. So, yeah, it's exciting stuff, isn't it? Mm. So for people that are wondering, oh, what what is a third dose? Do I need it? So it's people that are over the age of 50 or between the ages 16 to 65 in an extremely vulnerable category will be sent a letter or a text message by the NHS from Monday saying when they can get a vaccine effectively. Basically, they'll have two options. It will be a full dose of the Pfizer jab or a half dose of the Moderna jab can be used in certain situations with the Health and Social Care Secretary, Sajid Javid, saying these boosters will strengthen the wall of defence created by vaccines as we, of course, Ali, are ahead of what could be a very difficult winter for the NHS. It could be a very difficult winter for the NHS. And also, um, it, it is, you know, six months after your last vaccination as well. So mm. for those of you out there who might not know that. Mm. And, you know, there will also be um, people with their appointments um, will also have their flu jab offered to them at the same time if they're over 50, because, of course, it's free on the NHS if you're over the age of 50 or oh, you have yes. a health condition. It's not a combined vaccine despite what rumors are saying it will be two separate ones there's not an approved combined one yet so it will be separate and you can of course refuse the the flu vaccine or you could of course refuse the covid vaccine if you didn't want that one Mm. so there is a lot going on ahead of winter but of course this is all to try and prevent another lockdown at the end of the day 
This is to prevent another lockdown. So, um, yeah, I mean, go for it. I mean, really, you know, this is the only way that we're going to get through this, people. So, you know, go get vaccinated. Mm. And of course, we know that similar countries such as America are considering a third um, coronavirus vaccine dose as well. And there was some evidence out this week that the Moderna vaccine offers some of the uh, best protection over a longer period. But of course, they are still evaluating the the length of this, um, well, the antibody protection. So it, it, it could all change. And who knows what happens come December, they might be offering it to everyone. But again, this is... Um, this is all speculatory, but we do know that lots of doses will be given out from tomorrow, Monday. And of course, um, the Dr. Nikki Kanani, who has been on television quite a lot in the last few months, yes. uh, she's the GP and deputy lead for the COVID vaccination program, said that the, vac- the program has already prevented 24 million cases and saved more than 112,000 lives. And getting a top-up vaccine is the best way to protect yourselves and your loved ones from this virus. Definitely. So, and may I point out also that Dr. Nikki Kanani is not uh, Nikki Minaj and um, also that Dr. Nikki Kanani is from Bexley. So there you go. There you go. So you might well be getting a letter landing on your doorstep sometime soon. And well, the, the advice is take it. And if you're concerned, there is even more information on the NHS website. Don't get fooled into any of these um interesting news stories that are floating around on less reliable websites God, it feels like we said this last we time to, Ali. <laughs> yeah we need to get through this folks so it really is the best thing to do isn't it you know go and get mm. vaccinated so and you know i mean we've got we're fortunate and that's all i'm going to say on the matter that we've got all these amazing scientists um and they know what they're doing mm, they do they do you're absolutely right and yeah, that is that is the most of our coronavirus coverage this week. Blimey, just that little segment. But yeah. there has been some other interesting news. We've had a series of protests by oh, a group gosh. who called Insulate Britain. Who, when I heard it, I was like, someone just said Extinction Rebellion really wrong. But no, they are a, they are a legitimate protest group, and they they, um, they caused quite a bit of carnage on the M25 this week, wouldn't you say, Ali? Well, they've caused a huge amount of carnage on the M25 this week. Well, just off of the M25, actually. It wasn't actually on the M25, was it, from what I believe? it was. Well, there um, were some occasions they did get onto the onto the mm. motorway itself, and then there were times they were blocking the junctions off the motorway, so you're yeah. right. But there has been – we've had three separate protests in the space of five days this week where they're calling on the government to better insulate homes to help prevent, protect against the, uh, well, the global warming crisis. Which is, you know, I mean, you can see this argument. I mean, I was listening to, um, I won't say which radio station, well, it was LBC, actually. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I mean, it's an interesting debate. I mean, you can see where they're coming from in one way. I mean, we do have a global crisis as far as climate change is concerned. However, doing this is not going to change anything. And also, you know, there were people on the motorway on one, I think the first day that they were protesting, and you know, one lady um, was wait had waited two years for her cancer operation and couldn't get there because of them. I mean, how mm. do you justify that? You can't. Exactly, and there were lorry drivers as well that said they were going to lose their jobs. There were actual NHS doctors and nurses stuck in there, so it, it did cause a massive disruption. And of course, the AA were quoted saying that people were sitting in these traffic jams with their car engines running. 
Yeah. So the amount of pollution produced from these protests was greater than it would have been if the protest didn't happen. So, and of course, it was extremely dangerous. One of the um, the protesters, we believe, been linked to a, an RTC on the on the M25 road traffic collision, which caused them to be airlifted to hospital. Um, and of course, we saw Home Secretary Priti Patel asking police to take decisive action to crack down on these protests, um, which which brought you know the south and southeast and, and parts of London to a complete standstill for three days. Oh, um, so. It, it has been an interesting week and, you know, we've seen Surrey Police and the Metropolitan Police take take further and greater action where they could. But, you know, on one day, protesters glued themselves to the road. I know. Just ludicrous stuff. I mean, as I said, you know, completely understand where they're coming from. But, I mean, this is not... And apparently they're, they're due to go to COP26, aren't they? So... Mm. Yes. And, you know, and then to quote another government person here as well, Grant Shapps, who's transport secretary, you know, said that the protests were dangerous and counterproductive. We all agree that climate change must be tackled, but this sort of behaviour achieves nothing, puts drivers at risks and increases pollution. I expect the police to take swift action to clear the roads. And Insulate Britain said its actions will continue until the government makes a meaningful commitment to insulate all of Britain's 29 million leaky homes by 2030, which are among the oldest and most energy inefficient in Europe. Well, do you know what I have to say? Okay, I mean, I actually think that we're pretty darn good in this country as far as tackling climate change. Yeah, I mean, we have got a few green issues. There's, there's definitely more that could be done. You know, there is definitely more that could be done to speed up our, our target of hitting carbon neutral. But yeah, I, I can see their point. You know, I can see that unless people take this sort of action, the government Seriously, might not listen. I, no, I, I do understand. But there's ways and means of doing it. I mean, why go and protest at COP26 when that is what COP26 is all about? Mm. It doesn't really and make sense, gonna cause disruption. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sorry, police and Essex police have issued statements as well on this. Uh, you know, Essex police superintendent Sam Smith said incidents of this nature have potential to cause significant disruption to road users who may need to get to work, an appointment or catch a flight. Our officers worked quickly to remove attempted protests this morning, Friday, and made 24 arrests in a matter of minutes. So mm. police are taking it seriously, but it did cause major disruption. And, we, yeah, you know, we, we can expect this sort of action to continue into next week by the sound of things. Not good news for commuters or drivers. <laughs> no, not not good news. I mean, you know, I know that they're trying to save our future, but yeah, I just got, I can't help thinking that you know, I I sit in two camps over this. Really, I don't know about you, mm. but you know, I think there's ways and means to do things. But the biggest problem in the world is China, isn't it? Well, we know they're one of the biggest producers well, of the biggest carbon emissions. As far as carbon emissions are concerned. They're so top in of the theory, COP, in that one. <laughs> yeah, and in theory at COP26, we will have talks to debate this issue. So it, it is, there are, as you would say, Ali, bigger fish to fry perhaps. But at the same time, you know, these groups such as Insulation Rebellion and Extinction Rebellion, they are, Insulate Britain even, not Insulation Rebellion, uh, <laughs> you know, they are making waves on the media. You know, they've made it onto you know, the, the major news channels this week. Well, if so you're going to make are... it onto the M25, Harry, you're going to make it in the media. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so <laughs> it most... will be. Renowned yeah. awful motorway in the whole of England, I think. <laughs> oh, especially the concrete bit. Don't get me started. But oh, I mean, they, they will have raised awareness, won't they? They will have reminded people about climate change. So 
no matter how many times they get arrested, you can see you can see why they're doing it. They've picked the busiest motorway in the UK. They have. They have. But anyway, that is something we might be picking up again next breakdown. See what oh, they've been I'll up tell to you this what, time. Harry, let's all go potty. Oh, I think it will be potty if this continues. But uh, there is something more to that phrase, isn't there, this week? Yeah. So funny, not going potty. Veterans spending five days in portable toilets for charity. There are yes. four veterans who say their lives were saved by a support charity are spending 120 hours in portable toilet cabins to raise money for the service. So Ian Bailey? But, yeah. I think. Go Mike Hewlett. Go yeah, I'll go with that. Gary Sprakes and Chris Nichols has set up looking out to the Solent from South Sea Common in Portsmouth for the five-day challenge in aid of Forgotten Veterans UK. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? It is a very, very nice story, actually. So these veterans are spending, you know, hours and hours. They're spending five days, you said, Ali, in these toilets to raise money. Mm. I mean, looking out over the Solent isn't a bad view, and I think it's probably a good location to pick. You you, you don't want to be looking out somewhere else from a a portable toilet that you can't leave, do you? No. Um, But, you know, one of the Mr. Sprakes who, who told the PA news agency, you know, he was quoted saying that the charity saved my life. I tried to commit suicide four times. My dog and this charity are the reasons I'm here today. Hmm. So, you know, this challenge might be a, a bit on the fringes of what we'd normally expect for a charity fundraiser. Um, but it is it is an amazing thing to do to raise money in such an unusual way and, to, you know, to be looking out over the Solent, again, worse places to be. Um, you know, what one of them was quoted saying, Mr. Bailey was quoted saying, it's been tough. It's not so bad in the day when there's people talking to us, but at night there's no room. It's uncomfortable and you're lucky to get two hours sleep. He added jokingly, the worst thing is the neighbours. <laughs> no yeah. comment on that one. No. Common, no comment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but it is one of those stories, isn't it, that is just, um, it is a bit bonkers. And we have been told, actually, that the loos are brand new. Lucky we didn't get them from Reading Festival or the Isle of Wight Festival, let's say, because that might have been a bit more uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> just a smidge. Yeah, I could just imagine them wearing nose pegs, Harry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's such an amazing thing to do, and to raise money in such an unusual way—it's—it's—it's it's, it's brilliant. And they've—they've they've all got such good, you know, such good intentions for why they're doing it. And you know, on the first night, apparently one of them shouted out, "Whose stupid idea was this?" So you know, they're, they're, they're doing well. And I think, as you said, they started—I want to say—they started on either Wednesday or Thursday. So they should be completing it today. I mean, I mean, good for them. At least, they, at least they've got the opportunity to go to the toilet. Hey, at least they haven't got to go far. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think it's a wonderful story because you know, as much as possible needs to be done for our veterans. They, it really does. You know, amazing mm. people who who fight for our, you know, the love of our country as well. So, and for our freedoms, and without them, mm. we wouldn't be in the situation we're in no, today. So we, we are very wouldn't. lucky. Absolutely mm. right. So. Mm. Yeah, anyway, yeah. on that note, I think that we'll note, um, yeah, walk away from the smell. The news, <laughs> the smell. I said, well, we have gone a bit potty. We've not been a breakdown. We've just gone potty this week. Yeah, there you go. There's always something, potty. isn't there? Yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> yeah, life is too short. <laughs> oh, dear. dear. Know, but there you go. No. We've made it. We've made it. There you go. A busy, busy old breakdown, but we got there. Lots of news, lots of unexpected news, some nicer news. But yeah, yes. there we go, Ali. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the headlines are, are quite funny, really, aren't they, Harry? I mean, you know, submarines, portaloos, and mm. Mm. everything in between. 
There yeah, you go. 25 <laughs> protesters. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> what a week has been. What a week. But yeah, I mean, it has been global, but we have gone a bit local this week. So sorry, our American listeners. But there you go. You heard something about Australia. So, you know, think of that one. But yeah, there we go. And if you want to get in touch, as always, you can email us on breakdown at forthenow.co.uk or find us on social media. Yes. We are. Yeah, mm. so it's a, it's a big bye-bye from me. Indeed, a big bye from me. And we'll be back with you, uh, well, at some point soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.